Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and I'm part of Gestalt IT, and for each episode, we bring you the opinions and perspectives of a group of IT luminaries in the space. We have a great lineup of guests today, and I'd like to take a moment for them to all introduce themselves before we jump into the premise of today's episode, starting with JD. Hey folks, Jonathan Davis here, or JD. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at subnetwork, or my blog is at subnetwork.me. My name's Rita Younger. I'm a practice lead for data center networking. You can find me on Twitter at SDN underscore girl, and my blog site is totalpackets.com. Hello, um, my name is Bruno Wallman. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Wallman Bruno, or, and my blog site is brunowallman.com. Errol Clute, uh, IT infrastructure architect, uh, currently on sabbatical. Find me on Twitter or website, uh, just first and last name. Hey, I'm John Herbert, uh, Mr. Tugs on Twitter and uh, blogging occasionally at movingpackets.net. Yeah, I'm Taryn Bryson. You can find me on Twitter uh, at SomeClown. And you can find me on the interwebs wherever tech people will let me scribble words for them. All right, thank you all for joining us today. Let's jump into the premise of today's episode. We don't have to tell you that network monitoring is important. In fact, we've been telling you that probably at least the last 10 years. You need to have something in your environment that's telling you what's going on. Whether it's something traditional like What's Up Gold that uses things like SNMP or maybe something a little bit more advanced that uses SNMP and APIs, um, we pretty much solved that problem, right? And then we found ourselves in the situation that we're in today where everything's moving to the cloud. A lot more of our resources are being utilized in places that are not inside of our internal network. SNMP strings don't work in Amazon. And we need to know the analytics behind everything else going on out there, not just what our switches are reporting for port utilization. So the premise for today's episode is that traditional network monitoring tools can't keep up with modern environments. Um, so I'm going to open this up to our folks here to who wants to jump in and tell me why uh, your traditional platform that you have relied on for so many years and is a comfortable sunk cost for your company is suddenly out of date. I'll jump here in here first and, and get the ball rolling. I probably have the least to say. Um, I think the as soon as we began adding overlays onto our networks and as soon as we began building technologies on top of technologies. The problem that uh, developed is we no longer information like port status um, and, uh, and as you said, SNMP you know, strings, uh, states kind of stopped mattering as much um, because it was often a higher level, um, uh, high, higher level application that was actually dictating is that up or is that down. Um, I actually saw this once once where we had all of our physical links were up. Everything was operating as as, as you would expect. Um, the application on on the other hand, however, was making a decision that one link in particular was having a problem um, due only to um, uh, a, a, a slightly higher latency than than had been previously experienced on that link. it was it was in the order of twenty milliseconds, uh, you know, as opposed to uh, Eight or ten milliseconds. So, so the problem is, is these these we we're making decisions on so many different uh, aspects of our environments that simple state no longer applies. 
Well, I, I and I think that that's a very valid point. We've we the technologies that we're using now are super advanced, even inside the network. We're not just dealing with something simple anymore. I can remember um, trialing tools back before I left the uh, the world of the reseller, where we were having to create our own kind of special monitoring system to be able to pull data that we thought really was important. And we're like, oh well, there's not an OID for that. Okay, crap. And that was, you know, eight years ago. And now we find ourselves in a world where I need to know why one of my transit providers has gone down. And when everything lives in Amazon, and as we saw earlier in 2021, when everybody came back on January the 5th, and one of Amazon's transit gateways decided to take a bath, the next thing that we know, Slack went down for, what was it, like nine hours because of quirkiness. But if we have the right network monitoring tools, or in this case, analytics tools, not just network monitoring, we can see that come up. So do we need to ensure that we have visibility outside of our own little bubble? I think I think if if we look back, so wind the wind the clock back to, you know, nineteen nineties when you're you're cranking up your cranking up your single server and your copy of WhatsApp Gold to monitor everything and and You've got your monolithic application where everything runs on the one server and everything is great. Then what do you need to monitor? Well, you need to know if the server's up and the switch ports up and you can maybe ping it. And that's probably all you need to know and your applications up. But that's not how applications are written now, right? <clears throat> we don't run, we don't run monolithic apps. We have things that have a huge number of dependencies on other services. That chances are you virtualized your your application in the first place, chances are if it's in the cloud, you're reliant on a whole bunch of services that aren't even under your control. Um, and those dependencies mean you're now responsible for trying to monitor your application dependencies as well as your application itself. How on earth are you going to do that from something that just monitors whether a port's up or whether you can ping an endpoint? None of that is sufficient to give you a status on whether or not your application is either up or is performing well or how the user is experiencing your app right now. And that just means that our traditional way of monitoring a network, which is just the underlay carrying packets back and forward, really has very little relationship to how an application performs or whether it's actually even offering service to users right now. John, you're absolutely right. Um, networks have changed, applications have changed dramatically, you know, with agile methodology, um, we, you know, Tom made the statement, everyone's moving to the cloud. Well, actually, the number of micro data centers is expected to quadruple by 2025, which means we have on-premise, we have the micro data centers, and we have the public cloud providers where that are also hosting our data to monitor. Uh, and doing it using, a con using containers, it's very different today. And look at the, the cost of downtime. The cost of downtime to an application, that's a real cost to the business. It's not just getting the application back up and running. It's the cost to the reputation. It's the, the cost to fix it. So there's a lot at stake today. Uh, so we absolutely need to have visibility. That visibility needs to be simple and it needs to be automated. Well, and I would say too that, uh, you know, one of the failings in monitoring tools of the past 
uh, was that they catered to silos. So in other words, you had your network monitoring tool, you might have an application monitoring tool, you might have, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? We had, we had different tools, we had, you know, the security, we had the SIM or the, you know, SOAR that the SOC would use. So we had, we have all these different things. And the reality is when you look at, you know, whether it be the, the micro data centers or you look at stuff in the cloud, you look at, you know, whatever, you know, your apps, not only you know, uh, are they disparate, you know, scattered all over the place, have, you know, multiple dependencies, um, you know, in a lot of cases on other SaaS applications that live in other clouds, you know, perhaps. Um, but now you've also got a very complex network underlay, overlay, whatever, however it is, you've got, you know, network trends, you've got VPC transits, you've got, you know, stuff happening uh, in, in on-prem, and those are dependencies. So now you've got network dependencies that are, you know, scaling across multiple types of data centers. So it, it just be if you're looking at only network or only application, uh, you're you're missing, you know, potentially a, a large portion of what the problem is, uh, which you know then leads to people throwing a flaming bag of whatever over the wall to the next, you know, silo, uh, like we all love. I think that that's an important point, Taryn, because we do have a siloed mentality of infrastructure for years. I mean, you know, you got the storage team, you got the network team, you got the server team. And as we've started migrating things to cloud, those teams, of course, have kind of been unified together. But I think that the real driver is something that Rita discussed is the application, because we don't think about the what we're doing anymore as an atomic unit of devices like it's the switches or the routers or the firewalls we think in applications because that pulls in a whole bunch of other things you know you have containers and databases and load balancing devices and infrastructure that it runs on top of so it's more important to monitor application health as opposed to device health but you still need to understand the difference between the application running through an overlay and the underlay because if you can't get a good visibility on both, you're quickly going to find yourself throwing darts in the dark like we had been before. Yeah. So rather than the silos being infrastructure teams, I think the silos are quickly becoming more related to the applications themselves. Also now in the current situation that we have with the pandemic, you no longer have control of the majority of the network because you have users that are working at home. You, have, you can have some control over that endpoint but you don't have control of the immediate network that is attached to, you don't have control of the network getting to your applications. So there's even less visibility that you have than when we were still co-located in offices with going to cloud applications. Um, so the endpoint monitoring becomes even more uh, important from the end user perspective. Yeah, you know, the, the application is king and to the business and there's, there's reasons for that. That's the revenue generator. Um, keeps the business afloat and there's a huge stack of IT technology keeping that application up and running from networks to with physical devices and virtual devices, virtualized servers and things like that. You need uh, visibility into that entire stack um, to be able to see how that application is running, especially when it's no longer inside your data center um, with users being at home and applications running in the clouds and um, spread out like that, you need to be able to see it every every level and uh, every span across the network between user and and those services. I'm glad you said the word stack, Bruno, because I was just thinking, yeah, this is this is full stack monitoring, right? We've had, we've got full stack engineers now. Now we have full stack monitoring, and and a lot of that is because we've gone from 
applications which were very static in nature, and you know, maybe there was a load balancer in in the path somewhere that might share the load over a, over a few nodes where there was a need for scale. But now, rather than being very uh, very static resources in an application, uh, a lot of the applications that are running the elements are very ephemeral in nature. Whether it's because they're part of uh, like an ELB where they're being spun up on uh, as needed for resources for scale or because it's microservices or because of GeoDNS where depending on where you are, you're going somewhere else entirely. Um, knowing what's actually out there uh, becomes a real challenge and something we've had a problem with with troubleshooting is when someone says, well, something's not working. We say, well, what does it normally look like? Uh, they no one knows. Well, what did it look? What did it look like twenty minutes ago when it was working? I don't know. Okay, well that's kind of a challenge, right? So having something that not only can tell you, well, I can't reach it right now. So having that a tool that not only tells you, yes, this is unavailable right now, but also says, and here's why it was available thirty minutes ago or an hour ago, and how I got there. There's a huge value in that as well. So something that goes beyond just up down and actually tells you how it was up or down, how I got there and wind the clock back. Having that historical data is becoming progressively more important so that you have that deeper understanding of what's going on. It's important to to mention that it, it's really all about the user and, and the user and, and their, their ability to access the applications that they need to access. And I think that's really the, the critical shift that we've seen as applications become um, cloud centric and, um, um, and and varied in the way they're deployed and non monolithic monolithic is really understanding user experience and then tying in the elements of the network, the infrastructure, the internet and the application itself and how they're actually contributing to the overall user experience. You know, a common question we get from uh, folks that are going through SD-WAN migration projects and are trying to understand how users across their corporate environments as well as home environments um, are going to face the new reality and, and access these new applications is how do we actually tie you know, network latency to actual end user experience? Like, Why do I care about this extra 20 millisecond of delay? Um, and I think that's where it's really important to look at 20 second millisecond of round trip delay and correlate that to an actual application that's rendering maybe a series of web pages that a user actually needs to traverse uh, where a 20 millisecond delay can actually snowball into a multi-second delay on the end user's uh, actual yeah. experience. Um, and I think that's that really has been um, a, a critical piece in tying the data across the network and infrastructure as we knew it and, and tying it to the actual application user experience that we've seen. And I think it reflects in the way people are building the applications today too, right? They're thinking about customer first and the user experience, but the fact that the in infrastructure and networking, the developers are not really considering any of that. They're building microservices and that microservice will live somewhere. It could be in the cloud, it could be in the data center. How it's deployed, it's not really up to them, it's the operations guys. And then the networking traffic about that is with the networking guys. So the fact of the matter is the application guy doesn't really know how this is going to be architected and deployed. So all he knows is, does it functionally work? And when I did my baseline, did it work correctly? Off they go. Right? Then we have to be dealing with connecting the dots between all those different points of view, which is hard. 
Yeah, I, I would add that uh, there is a general staggering lack, lack of understanding about the speed of light in, in the development community. Um, but it, it's, and it's one of those problems where, you know, it's like you, you honestly, you have data that sits in AWS in, let's say, Europe, and then you have your application users who are going to be on the other side of the world. And somewhere in the development process, no one figured, well, how is this going to work? And yeah. what's going to happen when I actually move out of my dev environment, which was in Europe, and I actually put my users on the other end of the other end of that latency, um, and suddenly everything goes wrong. And and again, that's one of those little components. That's one of those many little pieces of of the the transactional pieces that falls apart. Yeah, yeah. and that that should come up as part of performance engineering is before you launch an application, but it frequently doesn't. And I think that's kind of fallen into um network monitoring and troubleshooting has that's kind of become part of you know modern application troubleshooting has become between the uh, the, the ops you know, between devops and netops if you like has become we'll figure out where all this latency came from we'll figure out why the app's broken and it can be all over the place so. Well, John, you bring up a great point there too. Um, you know, in a previous uh, life, I actually worked with uh, with a large international company, and we had a lot of data centers that resided in one of the Scandic countries, and we had a lot of users in the U.S. And um, you know, whenever when users began complaining, it was really easy to go, "Oh, well, look at that latency." But the reality is, is latency had already been there, and it kind of goes back to. Mm -hmm you know, to what was stated earlier is you, there has to be that understanding of what is normal for the application and what has actually changed to cause the, the things to break. Because if there's always a 40 millisecond, you know, 40 milliseconds of latency, you know, and there's still 40 milliseconds of latency, that 40 milliseconds of latency probably isn't your problem. There's probably something else. But if you don't have if you don't have that 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 really kind of top down view that's giving you giving you a clear understanding of what's normal. And and what it what was it like as you as I think you said earlier when when things were good, it's really hard to then say okay what's changed now that it's bad, so so that's one of those key things of sometimes sometimes the numbers legitimately look bad, but that's not the problem that you know bad, a, a high latency high latency does not equal you know problem problem found. So, so that's one of those things too that really kind of goes into this this monitoring aspect. We have to understand what the what normal is, so that we know when things break what abnormal looks like. And I, I think one of the other things that have changed there is uh, when you're talking about twenty second latency, or sorry, twenty milliseconds of latency, or forty seconds of additional, forty milliseconds of additional latency causing all kinds of problems. You can no longer get away with uh, doing a 15 minute or even a 5 minute SNMP poll. That's where your network monitoring or application monitoring actually needs to go out and probe. And, and test all those devices in between to see what that response time is. And make sure it's up and running. It can't just be and, passive polling. And to be fair, you know, applications today, it, many great applications are written with certain level of latency variation to, to be expected and, and be able to handle that, especially for real-time applications, right? You need to be able to handle dynamic nature of how users connect to applications. However, there, you know, we've seen this as a really interesting scenario uh, last year where um, we were working with a customer and they were having problems with the real-time application. And 
there are users in Dallas trying to connect to the application, which generally is hosted in San Jose um, through for, for media bridging. Um, for a few weeks, you know, uh, there had bad performance. Um, we worked with them to try to understand the sort of the end to end, realized traffic was actually traversing because of the, their BGP peer with their corporate uh, ISP. They were actually transit, transit, transiting through an ISP in London to go back to San Jose. And that actually was, 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 that was actually the steady state for two weeks. Um, the application, the, the real time application was actually able to handle the additional latency going through London. But the only reason it became worse is because there was a transatlantic cable cut that all of a sudden caused a user performance problem. And so you, you have application traffic that is being served. Um, things change, applications adapt. But when other dependencies that may be completely out of the realm of what you think is even possible um, you know, surfaces, that's when you know, kind of have to scratch your head and you need the, the, the right tool sets to be able to, to, to diagnose those types of issues. I think um, you, know, you hit on users again. In user experience, especially during the pandemic, um, the user experience expectation is greater than ever before. And so user experience, that's end user experience, they expect that application to run and run smoothly. And so application and network monitoring combined are so important. And that combined network or integrated network and application monitoring together makes for a better experience for the network engineer, the security engineer, the application engineer. Um, they can get things done more quickly. Uh, they have a single place to look for the monitoring. And if you can free those, that staff up from spending 45 to 50% of their time on day-to-day -day tasks, then they have more time for innovation and new projects and doing better things and serving the business. So um, a great user experience, both for the end user as well as the engineer, very important today. Yeah, and, and this is why, I mean, even, even at its most basic, even running I hate to say like IPSLA monitoring, but some kind of synthetic transactions in your network. You know, and I, I realize that's really trivial, but you know, we uh, we we've talked about we you know, with 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 Thousand Eyes actually doing real transaction monitoring, but that kind of thing is what's exactly why it's so important. You're absolutely right. Is actually okay. What is a user actually seeing over the internet getting to this application and getting a page down? What's that experience like? Because I don't care what my stats look like at the end of the day, if the actual page comes down slow, it doesn't matter. The experience sucks. It's 50% worse today than it was yesterday. I know they're going to be complaining. Right, or at least if they phone up and tell me it sucks today, I'd like to be able to look at it and go, you know what? It's exactly the same today as it was yesterday. Maybe there's something going on with them, not with the app. And yeah, understanding yeah. that experience is so helpful. John, we don't want to be the last ones to know when something's down either. We want uh, yeah. to be active so that we know when things are looking bad um, so that we can prevent it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it sounds like the, the premise is absolutely true because when you think of traditional network monitoring tools, they're good at tra monitoring traditional things. You know, it's it's not much different than any of the tools that you have around your house. If your house is old enough and it only has slotted screws and you start buying a whole bunch of new things that have Phillips head screws on them, you need to buy a new screwdriver. Could you make the old one work? Yeah, but you're definitely not going to be able to get what you want out of it. And in a world where we live with containerized applications that run in clouds and multi-clouds 
all over the place with a distributed workforce that relies more and more on the transit between the data center and the cloud, we really have to um, go back and re-examine the tools that we use. And there are tools like the ones from Cisco, uh, App Dynamics and Thousand Eyes, which give us the kind of visibility that we need into these pieces, whether they're infrastructure, transit, or application software. And if we don't have that visibility, we're constantly going to be playing catch up. We're gonna be the last people to know, and we're gonna be the first people to get blamed. And that ultimately is why we need to make sure that we're reassessing what we're doing and finding the best way to serve our users and serve our operations teams. That'll just about do it for this episode of the On-Premise IT Roundtable. I want to thank our guests, including our special guests from Cisco for bringing you this podcast. If you'd like to learn more information about the On-Premise IT Roundtable, please make sure you head over to gestaltit.com slash podcast. You'll always find the latest version there. You can also subscribe in your favorite podcast application of choice, including iTunes. And we'd like for you to leave us a rating and a review. That helps folks that are looking for new things to listen to, to know what they're getting themselves into. Um, hopefully they'll subscribe as well, and maybe they could even suggest a premise for a future episode. But for now, for our great guests, um, for our host at Cisco, and for all of our Gestalt IT community, I wanna thank you very much for tuning in, and we will be bringing you another episode soon.